0: Hello and welcome to today's slightly delayed episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning?
1: Good morning. Good morning. It has been a good, a good week in Niners football and we are excited for this one. Oh,
0: yes it has. The 49ers have found the best quarterback of all time. In Brock Purdy potentially I don't know if that's true But it certainly feels that way And it has been so so fun We got to watch Mr. Irrelevant Beat up on the goat On Sunday which was just a A great time Tom Brady uh, was a 6th round pick And everyone talks about how impressive What he did as a 6th round pick is I feel the need to point out Brock Purdy 7th round pick and with what Brock Purdy's doing is what Tom Brady has done Even that impressive Uh, anymore
1: Not at all Um, Just disregard the fact that he's been to 10 Super Bowls, won seven of them. That is not, no one cares about that anymore because Brock Purdy is here. Um, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, which is normally a kicker, or someone who has no chance of making the roster come regular season, uh, beat the, the supposed GOAT. So I want all of this branding of of, yeah, right. I love the supposed I of this branding of the TV 12 to to be gone. It's all about Brock Purdy 13.
0: Yeah, and it's and we're we're obviously excited. But but in seriousness, we haven't we haven't potted since the the Jimmy injury and Jimmy out. With a foot injury at least until deep into the playoffs, which I, I think that means this is Brock Purdy's team for at least the rest of the 2022 23 season and any potential playoff run there. I don't really see Jimmy coming back. And if he does, it's going to be only if Purdy takes the team on a pretty deep playoff run. And I think, in all seriousness, I had not been more excited watching a 49ers quarterback play since Colin Kaepernick's first season. There had not been a time where a 49ers quarterback had produced as many exciting plays. I mean, that juke yeah. was incredible. That pass to McCaffrey, in his first game as a starter, Brock Purdy had more passes that were 20 yards deep and outside the numbers for a touchdown so than Jimmy's had all season if, uh,
1: just in one little, game. Like, I guess background on it is, yes, uh, Trey Lance... Even Jimmy Garoppolo at times have made exciting plays. And so, why we were so on our seats is when Jimmy got hurt and Brock Purdy came in and finished off the Dolphins. Like, that was incredible and so unexpected. And now this kid is starting his first game ever against Tom Brady and he comes out bawling.
0: Did you hear about this? Did you hear the story with Brock Purdy's family?
1: I don't. Not if I. No, I don't think so.
0: So, so Purdy, you know, comes into the season. He's like the third string quarterback in the 49ers roster, and his family hadn't, hadn't traveled any games. Oh, it makes yes. sense. Like, you're yeah. on the practice squad some weeks, but months in advance, they booked tickets to this game because they wanted to watch Tom Brady. And it just so happened that they got to watch their son be, become the greatest quarterback of all time.
1: How crazy? How crazy is that? Like, I just don't think, like, Okay, in all seriousness, I don't even think that Brock Purdy, and even even if you're not a Niners fan, even if you hate the Niners, you're probably not listening to this anyways, uh, I, I just think all of football, even people who don't watch football who are hearing about this, this is one of the coolest stories we've seen in sports in years where, like, Seriously. the Niners quarterback situation for the last two, three years has just been the the worst thing ever in terms of who's healthy, who's not, who's doing well, who is it? We don't know. It's a mystery. It seems like a revolving door, but yet with some repeats. And so just to have, okay, the season we've had with our star-studded third overall pick Trey Lance go down in week two, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, come back, does, o- yeah. does okay, then does horrible, then looks pretty Jimmy, sharp.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we should clarify, best season of Jimmy Garoppolo's career objectively he was having his best year ever
1: yes short sample size and that's my qualm is i would i want to see it for full season to be bought in but i'm with you on on the stats of this is, has, has been his best so far um but brock Purdy comes in and just i liked brock Purdy heading into the draft he was one of the the b tier quarterbacks that i i was interested in i couldn't believe that he almost totally. went undrafted i couldn't believe that carson strong didn't get drafted like last year was not the year for the quarterbacks
0: it was a weird, very weird quarterback draft. I
1: think they just but knew what's but yeah, coming Brock next Purdy.
0: Year. And so it, it begs the question, and I think the question coming in that we all thought was, Brock Purdy does not have to be that good for this 49ers team to go on Mm-mm. a run. We've seen Shanahan coach and kind of massage good offenses out of... Mediocre bordering on bad quarterback play these offenses are more talented than the ones he's done that before with Uh, Christian McCaffrey wasn't on Nick Mullins Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk I don't think Brandon Ayuk was on there the Mullins here and Samuel hadn't really hit his final form at that point so you you look at this, or Debo might not have even been on those teams either, but my point is this is the most talented offense the 49ers have had, and we've seen Shanahan create capable and good offenses out of mediocre quarterback play. And then you add in the fact that this defense is absolutely incredible best defense in the NFL, hands down, I mean, they stopped Miami, which we haven't really talked about, which was the NFL's best offense, they just squashed the best quarterback of all time, this defense can carry mediocre bordering on bad offense, and I don't think we have mediocre bordering on bad offense right now with Brock, maybe we will, but if he keeps playing like this, the offense is going to be good, and so you sprinkle in competency at the quarterback position with maybe the best offensive mind at of the NFL with a defense that is absolutely demolishing teams. I don't know, Daniel. I don't think it's crazy to think that this deep offense could go and this team could go on a pretty deep run. Is it that different than last year's team? Now, look, I don't think so. You,
1: I do know. I do know that they can go on a deep run. They're going to. They've already made the playoffs. At, this is week 15, right? No. Yeah,
0: spoiler alert. We're actually recording this after the 49ers just clinched the playoffs against Seattle, but we'll be breaking down that game in a couple of days. Well,
1: yeah, we're heading from this podcast, we're heading into week 15. The Bucks was week 14. Um so we got a few games left and oh, I guess I ju- I was like you jumped the gun. I jumped the gun by saying we clinched playoffs. That's my no,
0: bad. No, so I, I just, since we sealed the playoffs, 49ers sealed the playoff, two seeds still in play. We should just we should just get that out there. This team is going to to go on and a run. We already
1: knew they're going to the playoffs. That's not a shocker to anyone. Um but well maybe it is to some people because there's a lot of questions around Brock Purdy just in, not even in who he is, just in his situation being the last pick of the draft, our third string quarterback coming in. And I just I'm blown away with he looked sharp against Tom Brady. He came out firing. What I my favorite thing <coughs> Excuse me. My favorite thing about Brock Purdy is what I've heard from the guys around him. Like, Brandon Ayuk and a lot of the rest of the Niners, they are bought in on this dude. They are talking all about his confidence, not his cockiness, but just that this guy knows what what is at stake. He's going to get it done. And I am just loving his attitude heading into games. Um, I've loved watching him pregame. I've loved his interviews. Um, that has made me high on him. But just seeing his play, like, going off against Tom Brady, he looks – Brock Purdy looks pretty good coming out of the gate. He gets the ball out quick. He scrambles well, and he makes smart decisions. Not something – like, he looks more confident. He actually looks a lot more confident than than Trey Lance, even in his play. Uh, and he certainly makes smarter decisions than Jimmy Garoppolo, in my mind. And what I love about Brock Purdy – is that he's getting the ball mostly? You know, he's not perfect. No quarterback is. Uh, he's getting the ball mostly to his receivers in stride, with their feet on the ground. It's cool. It's fun to see. Um, sure, you can find a few that aren't aren't like that, but he has done a great job in his first taste of NFL football, hitting his receivers in stride. Um, I I loved it, um, and as we're as we're watching the Bucks game, I'm going is Brian Greasy just a good quarterback coach. Like, what's the deal here?
0: I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think that's an underrated aspect is is the coaching. And I think there's cool stories too about like Purdy's relationship with McCaffrey. Did you hear about this at all? They mm-hmm. uh basically when McCaffrey got to the team, they were like, "Brock, teach him the playbook." Yeah. Like, your job is to get him up to speed. And now they're getting to play together, and McCaffrey's looking the best he's looked. I mean, it's just it's really fun, and I think I think Brock Purdy has, regardless of what happens at the end of this season, regardless of what happens with Lance, regardless of what happens with Jimmy, Brock Purdy has secured himself a job in the NFL for a very long time. And that's always really cool to see, especially from someone who, honestly, Mr. Irrelevant, kind of mean. I kind of don't know if we should do it. And that's and it's it takes a certain type of guy to, to not let that get you down and this to kind of have guy. that bounce off and instead come come in with this confidence, be running around back there. I don't know, Daniel. Isn't it refreshing to not be terrified when your quarterback moves out of the pocket? I just – I I love Brock Purdy, Daniel. I don't know if it's like a brother or like a son, but he has brought a lot of joy into my life. And actually, I'm very happy for he it. He
1: actually is younger than us. That's crazy. He is a – That's yeah. We're, we we're should
0: – we should talk about the biggest negative thing to come out of the Bucks game. We have a Debo Samuel injury – It did not look good. Um, Originally, he was holding his knee, but when you watched the replay, you could see his ankle got twisted up pretty bad. News came back, uh, high ankle sprain, nothing broken, so recovery is on the table. It sounded like potential to even come back from before the end of the regular season. I don't think that happens. The 49ers, that playoff spot is pretty much clinched. I don't know why they wouldn't bring him. wait until the playoffs to bring him back. Kind of what happened with Trent Williams last year. Those high ankle sprains are really, really hard to come back 100% from and a really, really painful injury. And just to distinguish you, you may have sprained an ankle before. You've probably never had a high ankle sprain. They're two very, very different injuries. And spraining your ankle is painful. A high ankle sprain is a brutal injury, but... Obviously, Debo's going to have some of the best medical care in the world to come back from that. So, personally, I don't, with the way the Niners are playing, I don't think we see him until the playoffs. I think they let him get as healthy as possible. I don't know, Daniel, what are your thoughts on the Debo injury? And the other part of it, of course, is we got to have another little diatribe on Twitter about Kyle Shanahan running his best players up the middle and everyone blaming him for their injuries. I don't know if I think that's fair, but would love your thoughts on the Debo high ankle situation.
1: Yeah, a high ankle sprain is not a fun one, but it's a common one. So, you know, it's it's a very... Three, four weeks. Like, we were already seeing this with Trent Williams earlier in the year. We know it's for guys like us who aren't even with the NFL team, we know exactly what a high ankle sprain entails unless there's a different variable in it. But it's four to five weeks when you let it recover as long as it needs. Three if you're going to rush it like we kind of did with Trent. Um, But I'm with you where I don't want to see Debo, like lovingly, I don't want to see Debo in in the regular season. I want him to rest. I want him to be healthy, good to go for playoffs. But, you know, we look at the, the stats, the scoring on the Niners-Bucks game is, is exactly what I want to see every week. It's like what I would love to see where Christian McCaffrey gets over 100 yards, hit 119 yards rushing off of 14 attempts. So that's an average of 8.5 in a touchdown. And then uh, Debo got some touches, got a touchdown, uh, rushing. Brandon Ayuk only got two catches but a touchdown. Chris McCaffrey receiving touchdown. Uh, The only thing I would change is giving that receiving touchdown from McCaffrey to Kittle, and I'm like, all of our weapons are getting the ball in the end zone. That's what I want to see every week. That's what putting a team away and feasting looks like. Even Brock Purdy getting a rushing touchdown. Like, that... We're going to talk about how inc- – well, we talked a little bit about that juke and just how incredible he looked on that play. But back back to Devo, um, Kyle, the head coach gets blamed for everything is kind of what it seems to be, especially in our system, uh, on our team here. And do we love running Devo up the middle? No. But is it part of football to run your most skilled player up the middle? Yeah. You know, we're not complaining when we see yeah, running backs just... all the time. I get it; he's not a natural running back in that way. But the amount of plays that I've seen Debo do something beautiful, running up the middle and then getting outside, or just going up the middle still—like it's—it's football. Guys are going to get hurt. You can't. I—I I think it's—it's it's a pretty hard call to make to say, "Hey, we're not going to run this guy up the middle because we're afraid he's going to get hurt." Unless it's like a quarterback, but even yet, we have Jimmy jumping for a one yard touchdown or one yard first down. Um, and I, I don't know. I, totally. I want to hear Tuba's thoughts on it. That's what I want.
0: Yeah, I, I do want to hear that. And I think correlation isn't causation. You know, like, yes, I think there's probably a conversation to be had that maybe Shanahan is running Debo too much, but it's super effective. Right. And I think it's the comparison to the Lance injury that really got it, got it going on Twitter. But I mean, there's no reason Debo couldn't have sprained his ankle after catching a five yard slant and trying to run it downfield. Unfortunately, it's a part of it's a part of football, these kind of injuries. So it's a bummer. But I agree. I think I think you could say maybe Shanahan is running is running Debo too much. I'll have that conversation. I think it's a conversation to be had. Wow. I'm saying the word conversation a lot during our conversation. But I think that again, I don't think you can just trace the line of he ran Debo up the middle. Debo sprained his ankle. Debo runs into contact, whether he's running, whether he gets the ball on a handoff, or whether he catches the pass. It's what makes him such a phenomenal player, and I don't think there's anyone to blame here. It's it's football. It's a sport. I think you could maybe even argue that tackle was kind of dirty to roll up his legs like that, but that was what I thought. Um, I that. But again, it's 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 allowed under the under the rules of football. But I think you can, I think there's a conversation there that's probably more interesting than the running up the middle conversation. But I don't think you can blame Shanahan at all for the Debo high ankle sprain. But I do think it's something to keep an eye on. I do not expect Debo to come back the regular season just because I can't really imagine a positive scenario to come out of that at this point. The offense is still chugging and why not just chugging along? I don't know, does that phrase work? But I don't know why you wouldn't just rest him, let him come back at 100%, especially after a guy like Trent Williams kind of came out last year, like, yeah, I came back too early from my high ankle sprain, tried to play through it, and we would have been better off if my backup had played. That's basically what Trent said last mm-hmm. year. And so I, I think you let Debo rest up until the playoffs and come back to dominate then. I don't know, Daniel, what do you think? Let him come back regular season or hold him off to be as close to 100 as possible in the playoffs no
1: i i'm all for holding holding him out getting him fully healthy coming back for playoffs um debo is he's still young but he's a veteran he he knows how to play he's had a lot of injuries i think he has many a games where he has been out for a while comes right back in and explodes and doesn't necessarily need that time to adjust back into gameplay um I think he has got that locked in. So I want him healthy. First week playoff, feed him. Let us let him show everyone that he is he is back and healthy. Um, one thing, because I when I heard the controversy of you know stop stop running our guy up the middle, I'm like, well, that's you know everything we just said was what came to my brain. The one thing that did, yeah, and it's like if oh, sorry. I was just gonna say the one thing that did make me actually question was the fact that Jerry Rice posted. That argument, yeah, I'm like, that's true. Huh, Jerry's a smart guy. Jerry knows football. Is there something that I'm missing because Jerry Rice is doing this, or is this kind of like a reaction? But it's or like
0: if if Christian McCaffrey sprains his ankle running up the middle, it's okay. Like it's just it's it's kind of a flawed logic. I see. I just don't really see why the run up the middle. Is the reason the injury happened. But you're right, I mean it's Jerry Rice. Like, who might have questioned questioned the GOAT? But the I do goat. I do kind of think I I do kinda of think the why there's an interesting conversation of like why are we upset because of why like mm-hmm. we wouldn't be upset at him if Christian McCaffrey had been injured running up the middle. And I, I get that Debo's not a running back and it's not his position, and you can make that argument, but I just don't really think it's a fair... A fair thing, and and I think maybe it's more of a conversation with Lance. But I don't really think, I just don't think you can blame the play caller for those kind of kind of fluke, fluke injuries. And then my other question is like, so if Christian McCaffrey r- sprains his ankle, like we're just good because he's a running back? Like it's just. I just don't think you can draw the full comparison like that. I think it's an interesting conversation. I think probably we should not run Debo up the middle as much, but I don't think it's like Kyle Shanahan's fault. And like, why is it okay if it's a running back who sprains their ankle? I don't know. It's just weird.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, you want to talk about how incredible his defense was against Tom Brady?
0: Absolutely. And then we need to talk about Dre Greenlaw's autograph session after the game because that was awesome.
1: Speaking of Dre Greenlaw... Can I tell you how many combined tackles this man had?
0: Uh, Yes, please. Any any guesses? 52.
1: Okay. (laughs) I don't even know if there's 52 tackles in the game, my friend.
0: Probably like 13. 15
1: combined tackles. Wow. 10 solo. 10 solo tackles. That's insane. And Dre Greenlaw had an interception, did he not?
0: Oh, and he had, and that was not like a, that was an earned interception. It was. He, Dre Greenlaw got up, tipped the ball to himself, and came down with it. That was Dre Greenlaw. I think we we talked a little bit, I feel like last year on the pod we were like Dre Greenlaw, Ezekiel Shire, like they're both pretty good. And I remember, I think I kind of said like, yeah, they're both really good, but Dre Greenlaw, his rookie year was a star, and he hasn't gotten back to that. He's so. Welcome good. back, He's so good. star Dre Greenlaw. Yeah. He has been phenomenal this season, and I feel like we talk about Fred Warner and how he is just a one-of-one one player, which Fred Warner is. No other linebacker defends the pass the way he does, but I just feel like we got to make sure to give Dre Greenlaw his props, too. He's playing incredibly well.
1: Yeah, uh, so he, um, we're still on defense, but I just want to look at the difference between Brock Purdy and Tom Brady to show you how well our defense did against Tom Brady. Brock Purdy was 16 completions for 21 attempts, 185 yards in the air, and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And Brock Purdy wasn't even sacked once in his debut as a start. Tom Brady, he threw the ball a lot. So he was 34 for 55, 253 yards, average of 7.4. Tom Brady threw one touchdown and had two interceptions. So Brock Purdy threw two touchdowns, did not throw a pick. Tom Brady threw two picks and one touchdown. Tom Brady wasn't sacked, though. Sorry, Nick Bosa. But they just they just did yeah. an un- unruly job shutting down the supposed goat, which is now what I will call him. And this
0: is like the third week in a row they've shut down the opposing offense, this defense, I mean, stud offense. We, I think I said this last time, but D'Amico Ryans is going to be a head coach. So let's, let's win a Super Bowl with them while we have him, Right. And then let's hire Vic Fangio and let's do it again. But D'Amico Ryans is, I mean, I have, I don't, I don't know, Daniel, this defense is out of this world and we've had some phenomenal defenses on the 49ers under Shanahan and Lynch. This is probably the best one because I feel like last year we were like, hey, it's pretty good, but the secondary or hey, it's pretty good, but a lot of hey, it's pretty good, but yeah, there's not a but on this defense like feel like I, I, I could not tell you. The weak spot. And this defense... I mean, it's roster building, but it's coaching to maximize that talent as well. And D'Amico Ryans is going to go have a long, incredible career as a head coach. And he just deserves everything that's coming his way. Uh, Probably going to be the Houston Texans or something. Maybe he goes home. Although, I don't know why you'd want to coach there. But I digress. He's going to be an incredible head coach. But we are going to have an awesome run with this defense. I just... I wonder... Talking about Brock Purdy is fun. This defense is out of this world. I
1: bet that. So... It's almost said and done, it feels like, that Demeco Ryans will become a head coach. I'm with you on that. So I'm curious. I think so. I thought
0: he should have been been one last season.
1: No, because then, I mean, not that we wouldn't have this now, but now he's, now he's, he was in the conversation, but now he's like the leading candidate. He has earned it. Um, What I'm curious to see is if the Niners will promote a defensive coordinator from inside their organization already, like they did with Demeco, or I think that a lot of, a lot of coaches are going to be wanting this defensive coordinator job more than some more than they're going to want some head coaching jobs because any guy that's like on the bubble what it looks like now is you you go become the Niners defensive coordinator and you've got yourself a head coaching job in a year
0: I I think it's I think it's Vic Fangio or bust. Or bust. Cuz he and Kyle Shanahan have that relationship. Vic Fangio was like around practices this training camp. He's been he was the Broncos head coach, now he's out for a year. He was been at San Francisco before. He and Kyle have that relationship and I still think he is the second best defensive mind in the NFL behind Bill Belichick. If you can get Vic Fangio, you get him. He kind of wanted to take last year off, it sounded like, but I can't imagine it wouldn't be tempting to come to come coach this defense. So I I have my eye on Vic Fangio and I, I think that's probably what's what's gonna happen. I I really, really hope. If not, there's some other great hires out there as well. But I, I agree. I think you go outside hire. The other guy is Chris Kasurik, the 49ers defensive line coach, but it kind of seems like he's really really happy being the 49ers defensive line coach or maybe there's something that's that's stopping that promotion from happening because I thought he would be the guy went after Robert Sala left, and instead he stayed where he is. So that kind of makes me inclined to think he's happy to just be the best defensive line position coach in the NFL and do that until he retires, kind of like the Patriots had with uh, Dante Skarnikia on the offensive line. He just coached offensive line for forever and was the best at it. I could see Chris Kasurick just kind of being content to be that guy on the defensive line side of the ball. But he's the name that I think would be the internal promotion. But I do think they go outside higher because I think there was a reason. He wasn't the guy when D'Amico took over and that's either the 49ers didn't want to give it to him for some reason Or I think more likely he's just really really happy where he's at and has no interest in going to that next level and All the props to him for that So I think think Vic Fangio is the name to watch and we'll see what happens. I
1: think more likely in that scenario it was just D'Amico is D'Amico Ryan's and
0: Yeah, that's that's true. They'd been seeing they'd been seeing D'Amico Demico Ryan's I think it's Demico but I'm not sure in the in the coaching rooms for a few years so maybe it was just no we know he's the guy so then maybe it is Chris Kasuric for that for that promotion but I I think my money's on uh my money is on Fangio but we'll have to see that's a conversation for next year and who knows maybe all the NFL teams with head coaching vacancies turn out to be dumb and not hire Demico Ryan's again we've seen I'm stuff like that before so I'm not maybe we get another year with him I'm,
1: yeah I I would be bummed for him but I would not be complaining for myself at all. Um, Just looking more at this defense. So when you were talking about I can't think of a hole on this team, on this defense, my first thought was, does injuries count as a a hole? And I would answer no, it doesn't count as a hole. (laughs) It's an unfortunate thing, and I want to say has limited our defense. It has on paper where ah, we haven't had everybody almost any week out of the year but it that hasn't stopped us um so it doesn't matter who's hurt or when we we've been able to be I was going to say unstoppable but we are doing the stopping um we're unbeatable but I think now everyone on the defense except for Javon Kinlaw is healthy and I'm, you know, I'm questioning. We we've talked a lot about Javon Kinlaw. We don't have to right now since he's been out so long. But with how well we're doing and in, in his absence, I I question how long he will have a spot or if he has lost his starter starting role. Um, but if I if I had to name one position in the defense that I probably would say is the weakest link is what we started the year saying is the safety position. But then I, I bit my tongue where I'm like, okay, you know, Hufunga's killing it. Uh, Jimmy Ward is is playing at an exceptional level. But one of the best pickups that we made was just adding to Sean Gibson in the offseason as like a, hey, come have a tryout with us. Oh, we have injuries. We're going to sign to Sean Gibson. Now, the man is not perfect. He is a veteran who is looking for a home, but he has stepped up. In a phenomenal way, in this defense, and I think that if you're looking at our defense, he is one of the most, you know, questionable guys. Like he's probably one of the first guys to go based on his pedigree and how easily we got him. But I think he has really come in here and made a name for himself even more than he already has in this Niners defense, and I've been extremely impressed with him. As well as
0: Absolutely. DeAndre
1: Lenore in the last few weeks. Um, so this secondary has really, really been grinding in the best ways. Um, and that's why we've seen a lot of the the awesome things we have seen in these games.
0: Totally. It's just been... Like I said, this team I, used to be secondary. There's not a weak spot on this defense. It's It's really fun to watch. And I think Nick Bosa is... Probably the defensive player of the year if not he's a definite finalist for it I mean he is having his best year yet. It's just been a it's this has just been a very very fun 49 ers season and It's cool that I still think Super Bowl is on the table Even with the third string QB in and I don't know if something like that has kind of happened before Maybe Brady taking over Bledsoe might kind of be the best comparison, but it was Brady's second year He was the backup won a Super Bowl, but I I don't know why like i don't think purdy is going to be the limiting factor here if he keeps playing like he did on sunday
1: and and like can we just take a second and understand how crazy that is that we're we're sitting here saying yeah the niners are they're looking great and you know what's not their limiting factor or it's going to decide is their third string quarterback that's not the biggest question or biggest worry like, that's insane, and and I don't think any other team can say that. Maybe the Jets, because it's Joe Flacco. I don't know. But that is blowing my mind, and that's what is so special about this situation, about this year, is that we have a third-string quarterback. Sorry to keep harping on this, Brock. The last pick of the draft, and we're not tripping about his position or his play in our team right now. We're like, no, we're feeling pretty good at quarterback. Blows my mind. And what's
0: crazy is, it seems like Shanahan trusts him. Like, he's throwing downfield more than he was with Jimmy. Like, Shanahan has confidence in Purdy. The game plan did not change when he came in against Miami. He just kept calling the same plays, which I think sometimes we fault Shaney for. But I think in this case, he, he had trust in Purdy. And they'd been seeing him in practice and on the scout team for weeks. I mean, he's been practicing against the best defense in football for his entire NFL career. I mean, he... He's gonna have every opportunity. I mean, and it's not it is not time to talk about this yet, but if he takes them on a playoff run, I think there has to be a training camp battle next year. I don't know, like and we'll see, but if he if he takes them to the NFC championship if he takes them to the Super Bowl, he has earned his right to compete against Lance in next offseason's battle. I don't think Jimmy's a part of that. Maybe he is, but I don't know. And I mean I don't I'm I am rooting for Trey Lance. I am on the Trey train. I am in on Trey Watch. All these things. Like I want Trey Lance to be the guy the 49ers drafted him to be. But if Brock Purdy keeps playing like this, and it's not time to talk about this yet, but at the same time it's fun to talk about there's a training camp battle next off season. So maybe that's the thought we kind of wrap up the episode with. Daniel, am I wrong? How far does Brock have to take this team for him to deserve a shot at being the starter next off season?
1: You know, I I have thought long and hard about about this because I know that it's going to be a big conversation. I've already been asked plenty by friends uh, and family that, you know, know we're Big Niners fans of and, and do the podcast. They're like, "Okay, you got three quarterbacks who have shown they can get it done in the system or, you know, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that Trey has shown me that he can get it done in the system, but I don't, I don't doubt that he can. So you've got three quarterbacks who could all, what seems to be in a small sample size for all of them this year, splitting up this year. um, You got three guys that seem like they can all bring success with this team and having this defense to back them up. And so, Yeah, um, I don't have an answer for you right now. It is absolutely going to be the topic of this offseason for Niners fans, but for football, we have three quarterbacks who have shown they can be a starter. And and what's kind of scary is I think that Trey is the one who has shown the least, but he's also had the least amount of time that's that's just an incredible and not necessarily in the best way situation where we've got three different quarterbacks who have shown that they can play, and so I think there's no way we go into the next season with all three guys on on this Niners team. No, and I
0: I think Jimmy's the one who will who will be somewhere else. I think we have seen Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling, and it's not bad, but it's not it's not what someone like Lance his ceiling is and we don't know what Brock Purdy's ceiling is, but I mean right now, and again, this is hype right now. It seems like he can do anything.
1: Well, let me just say, yes, it's hype, but also Brock has already shown us things that Jimmy, we know Jimmy cannot do. If you think back to the touchdown where Brock Purdy threw an absolute dot to Chris McCaffrey, it was maybe half a step behind him. So McCaffrey had to turn his body but was able to catch that ball, stay in balance, and get a touchdown. You know exactly what play I'm talking about, right? The the yeah oh of course I do. It was a dot. It was perfect. It was in his like Brock is a. I just keep thinking like that guy can sling the ball. His throwing motion looks beautiful. I love it. Um, I'm just blown away by how crisp he looks and how poised he looks when he's back there in the pocket or scrambling outside either direction. And he's so patient with the ball. He'll look at an option, nope, doesn't like it, waits, and then finds the open man on the third look. And Jimmy doesn't do any of those things. And I just think that Brock has already surpassed Jimmy in some ways. But also, Jimmy's been getting it done this year. And so I think that Jimmy goes to a new team and and gets it done there, however they scheme it up. But if their system, if their scheme does not fit Jimmy it will not work. So they need to know, okay, if we're bringing this guy in, we're playing not his game, but we're playing the game that suits him. And that's I think why he's excelled in this Niners offense. I think Brock is a little more traditional not not more traditional, but he has he has more potential. The same thing I've been saying about Trey Lance, that Brock can can do a lot more where he's hitting these these targets in the short game, but we also saw that dot to Chris McCaffrey like he can do it long too. That's my rant. Also Nick Bosa has yeah. 15 and, a half and again sacks. I mean
0: we've this is a small this is a small sample size of Brock Purdy maybe he comes crashing back down to Earth. I sure hope not but you you have to I mean quite frankly we do this podcast because it's fun and it's fun to talk about what might happen if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl with the 49ers. That would be awesome. I'm excited for that. So, hey, it's a fun, another fun, exciting 49ers season. We seem to, uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't seem capable of coaching teams that have normal seasons. So that's uh, that's fun. But this team is going to be around for at least a little longer into the playoffs. So enjoy, enjoy your time with Brock Purdy. Enjoy all the conversations. Enjoy watching the NFL's best defense. And hopefully enjoy listening to the 49ers Unrestricted podcast because we enjoy recording it for you. Anything else, Daniel, before we kind of kind of wrap up? We'll be back in a couple days, so uh, you won't miss us for too long, listeners.
1: Uh, yeah, Nick Bosa is the league leader in sacks with 15 and a half. Matthew Judon is right behind him at 14 and a half. Uh, Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons are tied with 12. And so, uh, sorry, no matter, like, it doesn't have to be the sack leader gets it, but I just don't see Matthew Judon getting it with, the Patriots this season they've had, sure, their defense is good, but it's not that good. Nick Bosa yeah, is a huge I think- part of why the Niners' defense is number one, um, and so I think that he gets it, and I think that, you know, it's not just credit to Nick Bosa why this defense is so good, obviously. Like, I want Fred Warner to be in the conversation. He's not uh, on the, the top tier for tackles for linebackers, but... He doesn't he doesn't have to be. Like Dre Greenlaw is above him in tackles, but that's just me making the case for Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year.
0: I think the the other guy, to be honest, is Parsons, just because Parsons is doing it while kind of also being a linebacker. Yeah, he's insane. Which like, you know, some edge rushers some edge rushers are technically linebackers, but like all they do is rush. But like Parsons does the rest of the stuff too and is kind of an insane football player, but I I Chudon. think it's Bosa's award to lose. Yes. Yeah, and it's Bosa's award to lose. So, yeah. it's been fun. What all right? Well, what a game. listeners, th- thank you as always for tuning in to 49ers Unrestricted. We will be uh be back with you soon. which We're excited about. sorry for all the uh all kind of the weird schedule. We've been traveling, had had a broken laptop, but we are uh we're going to be back and with you down the stretch of this 49ers season. Daniel, any any parting thoughts?
1: This is just an exciting time to be a Niners fan.
0: It truly, truly is. Uh, Well, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And uh, as always, stay safe out there.